0: Talks, nobody talks, no. nobody talks. No. Nobody talks, This is the Nobody Talks Shidochim Podcast.
1: Yes, this is indeed the Nobody Talks Shidochim Podcast. Love being able to do this.
0: <laughs>
1: it's fun. Episode 36: The Role of Gender Roles. I'm Hani here with my Man, the man, Sir Yona. Hello. And the boss, IJ.
2: Hey, yes. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Am I a
1: guest this episode?
2: A most revered guest. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward. It's going to be a cool episode. We got a lot of uh, professionals on this topic. Gender roles, very controversial. And hopefully we can have an emestick of conversation. That is the goal.
1: Absolutely. So... The role of gender roles part one. In this episode, we will be dividing up our time. We will not be the main characters in this podcast. Dun, Yona. Dun, dun, dun,
0: dun. No,
1: we will not be. We will be interviewing some special guests divided up amongst our trusty crew members here. Yona and I will be interviewing our first guest. IJ will be interviewing our second guest, both males. This episode will be the male take on the role of gender roles. Stay tuned for part two on the role of gender roles. With the female perspective.
0: Okay, so let's get right to it. Um, so as Khani mentioned, we are not going to be taking too much time to ourselves on this episode. I think we should each give a one-minute explanation of our views on the matter of gender roles. Do we believe in them? How much do we believe in them? IJ, what do you think about gender roles?
2: Yeah, so, you know, so he, here's, here's my, uh, my take on this. All right, I'm convinced that we are lacking in the area of gender roles, okay? We need, we need to get a bit more clear here. I'm not going to spend 45 minutes on explaining my opinion. We got these uh, professionals coming on who know uh, how to get into the uh, nuances and discussion on that. I do think that singles are in a major conundrum here. Women are breaking the glass ceilings in work, at home, their hobbies. Uh, they, they're independent. And guys are struggling in a world that is telling them that being a macho male, successful, and having a life together, all this has to be done by when you're 22. And it's absolutely absurd. <laughs> so that's, I think, a little bit of the parenthetical context. But here, here we're discussing the gender roles while you're dating, when you're out with the person. And all of a sudden, guys tend to see women trying to jump in on what's quote-unquote the man's turf. Or uh, in on the other side of it, women are seeing guys jump in on what is the women's turf. So women want to be involved in halacha. They want to be involved in finances. They want to live in their own neighborhoods. They handle all the Shabbos vacation plans. Before you know it, like what's left for the guy? All right, the guys wants to be involved in all these other things. Shabbos table. Uh, what the kids dress, et cetera, et cetera. Things are just coming up that guys are noticing, girls are noticing. We're getting this feedback directly from our audience, from people who are dating, and this makes both parties feel extremely perfidious. So now, obviously, you know, I am being a little bit dramatic, over dramatic, maybe in some of these, in some of this. But look, buchlal, people are actually feeling this way. So fortunately, we have Torah and psychotherapeutic. Or psychotherap something assistance to give us uh, for this episode, uh, you know, give us that guidance and assistance for this episode, so you know we're able to dulcify this version of gender roles and explain them more, you know, and you know for myself, I'll just leave you with the following: don't let it break the shidduch if you are a woman you want to you want hallah you want some you want to understand the halakhic expectations or you want you want more halakhic involvement he has a rebbe he has a mentor you'll be able to break in there so you don't let that break the shidduch, right i understand you want to pontificate on this topic and that topic and you'll be able to get there at a certain point but people are just i think bringing this up too early in the relationship and crossing it out saying this person is not for me sign R. and now what do we have we have everyone just staying single and miserable okay so let's just realize that these things can come off in a wrong way all right and, and by the way just like the guys might want to bring up other things okay like i mentioned so that's a bit of uh, of my opening You want to take it away? Okay, perfect.
0: And we're not going to have a back and forth here. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to discuss the matter further. Um, Let's move to Khani. Khani, what do you think about gender roles?
1: I don't even need a minute. All I have to say is I think gender roles are as relevant as they are significant to the people involved in any relationship, meaning that if it makes sense for people to adopt traditional gender roles, and we'll get into what that means, if that's what they want to do, if that's what makes sense for them. Go for it. And if they don't want to do that, and it doesn't make sense for them, and they wouldn't be being true to themselves by going along with tradition, dump tradition. Do something different. Be you. Do your own thing. Don't live by the rules just because everyone else says you have to.
0: All right. Well said. Um, I basically agree with that approach. I do agree that, yes, it's very important to make sure that the gender roles do not become absolute that everybody has to adhere to these gender roles that society has set for us. That being said, um, I do think that, first of all, there is a natural element to gender roles. I think that men and women are, in general, or in gender role, inclined towards different things. There are exceptions, of course. I think there are male traits and female traits. We'll get into that. But I think that everybody, you know, for the most part, there will be a division between the men and the women. And I don't think that we should be specifically looking to throw away the gender roles. The attitude should be you do what's right for your family, for yourself. And um, if you happen to fit into the gender norms, own it, embrace it. If you don't happen to fit into the gender norms, well, ain't nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. Everyone's got their own individual traits and you just got to own who you are. But as I said, this episode is not about any of us. This is about our guests. So we're going to move on to our very first guest after this short break.
2: Hey guys, it's IJ from the Nobody Talks Shaduchim podcast. I want to take a moment to tell you about this awesome new dating site that I even signed Avery up for. Uh, finding a Shaduchim match is very tough. Where do you go? Where do you find them? Fortunately, there's an all new website for chesed minded individuals that are looking to find their Zivuk. It's called Match Made in Hask. It's free. It's easy to use. It has a private database and it's run by leading Shaduchim from all different backgrounds. It's created for Am Yisrael. So visit matchmaidenhass.com to join. That's MatchMadeInHass.com to join. Sign up today.
0: All right, guys. Hani and I have the special privilege of interviewing our next guest, who I am proud to call a personal friend. Rabbi Yehoshua Eisenberg. He's a deep thinker. He's a Tamil Chacham. He recently actually started his own podcast, which is cleverly called The Database, spelled B-E-I-S, like base medrash, which is awesome. Um, And by the way, I listen to that regularly and highly recommend it. Um, One of the things I love about Rabbi Eisenberg's approach is that he has a particular knack for connecting all the moving parts of the Torah and Chazal to each other in a way that makes it fit seamlessly together with each other and then he ties it beautifully into, you know, just daily living, our daily lives in a very practical manner. Um so that's why I thought it would be, you know, he would be the perfect person to discuss tonight's topic, um which is pretty sensitive for some people. You know, this topic is uh people people are very heated about this one. So, without further ado, Rabbi Yehoshua
3: Eisenberg, welcome to the Nobody Talks to podcast. Thank you so much, Yona. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to call you a personal friend. I'm honored and looking forward to having a conversation. Thank you, kind sir, as are we. Chani, you want to introduce uh, what
0: the topic is, what we're going to be starting with here?
1: Sure. So, as was mentioned previously to our audience, but we'll repeat it for you, Rabbi Eisenberg. Um, Tonight we're going to be discussing gender roles. Specifically, we would like to analyze whether they're outdated and arbitrary or, you know, if there's really something to them that merits keeping them around. Um, So before we really get into the specific halachic and hashkaphic nuances of gender roles as they are based in the Torah, more broadly speaking, what are your thoughts on the matter in general? Do you think there's any merit to keeping them around?
3: So I think we have to get a little bit more specific about what we mean by gender roles, but certainly there are I guess assumed precedences in terms of what the role of a man in a relationship is and what the role of a woman is in a relationship and obviously some of those are indispensable. Um like obviously there there are clear biological differences between a man and a woman and for for that reason there might just be natural um roles that are gonna be different between the two. But um when it comes to I guess Halacha and Ashkafa, there are obviously nuances where um it might be a little bit more, I guess as you as you mentioned, Yona sensitive. Um but but again there there are there there I'm sure there are different areas where it's not so black on white. Where again, you'll have room for debate, but um i guess if if we can get a little bit more specific about what we mean when we say gender roles um we I'd love to advance the conversation further right,
0: absolutely so i mean, I think that that um you know when we discuss gender roles, it's things like you know a man should be should be the one who's providing for his family, a woman should be in the kitchen, you know a man should be directing the the sort of um, halachic and, and ruchnius aspects of daily life, which actually, that's the one thing that I'm personally, you know, I, I'm not a 100% sure on, even though I'm pretty sure I have an idea. I'll just tell you at first my, you know, my thoughts on this. And then, you know, Khani can say hers, we're, we're pretty similar in this matter. But my feeling on the subject is that you can't be rigid um, in terms of you know, enforcing gender roles. I I don't think that there is necessarily, for the most part, a right way and a wrong way on any specific issue. But as you mentioned, I do believe that there are certain biological factors that men and women are just different. We're, we're built differently, we view the world differently, and we have different interests. And unfortunately, I feel like in society today, there's this movement to sort of deny those realities, to deny the existence of this sort of intrinsic um, biological way of doing things um, when you're a man and another one when you're a woman. I think that it's important to acknowledge that these things exist and to not try to quash them. It's a beautiful thing, you know, that men and women are different. We complement each other in, you know, in many different ways. And I think that it's important to embrace those realities. Now, at the same time, every couple is going to be different, every individual is going to be different. And we all have a bit of the typically masculine, and we all have a bit of the typically feminine in us. So whereas, you know, most men will have a majority of masculine, what's considered by society at large to be masculine traits, and most women will have a majority of the more feminine traits, there's overlap. And it's, it's going to vary based on the couple and based on their situation. So I think, do I think that, the man tends to be the one who's the breadwinner and the woman tends to be the one who's um, who's tending to the, you know, the matters of the house on a, you know, on a biological level. Do I do I do I believe that there's a natural draw for that? Absolutely, I do. Um, but I don't think that these are rules. I don't think there are things that need to be enforced. I think they're just realities. And sometimes those realities don't exactly line up. And sometimes it's not going to be the case. Um, And you shouldn't be stuck rigidly to these these different roles. Khani, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that forcing somebody to stick with a specific set of tasks, if you want to call it that, just because that's what most people who are male or female are good at is not always wise because – you know, not everybody has every single aspect of what is typical for their gender. And I feel like a lot of a lot of the more, I don't know if you want to call them gray or just arbitrary gender role tasks, in today's day and age, it's kind of become a teamwork thing. Um, just to give an example, something like home decor, if you're redoing any part of your house. Some might say that, that is, that's more of a woman's job because you know aesthetically that tends to be a feminine strong point but at the same time there are some relationships where the man is the one who either cares more about aesthetics or just has a better eye for it but in many situations it really becomes a team effort so the lines really get blurred so we'd love to hear what some of the what some of the torah perspectives are
3: Okay, so uh, both of you already have given me a lot of material to work with, and I don't even know if I need to say anything controversial anymore, because Yohan already right. mentioned uh, the woman should be in the kitchen. Oh, we don't um, shy away from controversy <laughs> here.
0: Bring
3: it on. Okay, so obviously there there is nothing wrong with a man who wants to cook. I mean, I, I don't know how to cook, but I know plenty of men who do know how to cook. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, it's Parsha Yaakov Avinu. He cooks a stew. Um, so we, there, there. If you want a precedent for a man cooking, you do have that. So there are, I would say, a lot of, um, I guess, phantom gender roles that are more or less arbitrary, um, and a lot of those things, a person certainly should not be rigid um, when it, you know when it comes to those kinds of things. But again, there, there are obvious differences between men and women. And I do think that in the world we are in now, um, you know, the, the the lines do tend to be blurred where they should not. Right. So I would say that, you know, it works both ways. I think there are people who tend to be rigid in areas where they absolutely should not be. And then there are people who are blurring the lines and, and you know, almost switching roles where the roles should absolutely not be switched. So I, th- I think you have a little bit of both. Now, in terms of um, some of the other things that were mentioned, like uh, the woman's role being, you know, in terms of of, of making the home, right? So we do have um, a basis for this, you know, it, just in, in Chazal's vernacular. So, for example, the Aramaic word for a woman or for a wife, really, um, is bitzu, which um, is from, it's related to the word bias. It's related to the word home. Oh, wow. Fascinating. And, yeah, and so you know, the, the Aramaic word for woman is, is really, it's house. And, and there, you know there, there's something to be said about the woman's role in the home. Now, in terms of a man being the breadwinner, so you are absolutely right that there is certainly a precedent for that. It says in Chumash and and This is exactly what Hashem prescribes for Adam Harishon after eating from the Eitz Hadass, that He says that man is going to work. And yet we see in other circles um, it's very frequent that a woman will be the breadwinner, and the man will have a an almost uh, solely rochniustik approach to the marriage, where he's learning, or he's or his his parnasa if he's in chinech or if he you know if he's in Kolel. So it's a like his parnasa is really on the side. So you you know, and I think that's a perfect example of you know for different couples, different things work and there are certain areas where you know it's it's not it's not it's really not worth it to to you know to be so rigid i actually recall that on I mean, one on one of my rabbinic training courses that i took um over the past few years so um one of the speakers uh, um i don't i don't wanna divulge his name but i'll say that he happens to be very like tightly right-wing um and he um and he was there was a Q and A session, and one of the questions that came to him, you know, for for this class of of young rabbis was if a rabbi was going to be offered a position in a shul that absolutely um, is bent on having a woman as the shul president, and this really right wing rabbi, you know, like you know a good as Yisrael, you know, um, in wing, he he said, you know, you choose your battles and that in, in other words it's not that there isn't what to be said about let's say a woman in that kind of a role in in the spiritual world but again, choose your battles. Maybe this is not one of the battles where it's actually worth that much of the fight. So I just bring that example. in just to see that, 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 you know, that construct of, is it the best ideal? Not necessarily, but I wouldn't, you know, throw away a shul offer job necessarily on, on that basis alone. Right.
0: So what would you say, you know, when, when we're venturing into that topic on the topic of, of women, you know, leading spiritual sort of positions or, or taking those kinds of leadership roles, whether it's in the shul or in the house or in the community? What is the Torah perspective on that? What is Chazal's perspective on that? Um, what should our approach be to those sorts of things?
3: So what I would say is this is where we, we return to that, that broader umbrella of the question of the role. Right. So one of the big factors about the role of women, for example, in terms of leadership positions, a big question, you know, comes back to the, the, um, the infamous um, topic of tsnius, right? I, I only say infamous because of how, uh, by many, um, it's, it, it might be received. But tznias is not a small matter. Now, obviously, tsnius exists for both men and for women, there is a certain, there's a degree of modesty that's required of both. And Snias is not just about how you dress, but it's also about how you carry yourself. It's about how you act. Right. But the Vilna goes very far. The Vilna he didn't play around. You know, he he wasn't you know he wasn't cutesy. He the Vilna um, would, would say that the equivalent of um, you know for for women of the man's obligation of Talmud Torah for a woman for a, for a woman is tsnius that's how high he put that on the pedestal meaning where the perhaps the most important mitzvah for a man is talmud torah the most important for a woman is tsnius so we all have to daven we all have to do chesed now women don't have the same level of, of requirement of torah learning so in, in in that vein, says the Vilna Gon, where I put Torah for, for a man, I put Snias for a woman, which is very telling about the role of women, again, from, from, from that um, Hashgothic perspective. Now, I, I would say that there are certain, um, you know, there, there are certain areas where it's pretty, like, you know, it's it's close to pretty black and white in terms of what should be done in in a certain situation. So, for example, I think in general a woman should be given opportunities if she wants to daven, if she wants to go to shul, and even if she wants to learn. There's there's nothing wrong with a woman who wants to learn Torah. But then when we talk about the priorities, so if it's going to be the man who stays home with the kids or the woman who stays home with the kids and only one of them can daven with a minion— it's pretty clear in halacha that the man should should be able to should be able to go to shul and daven with the minion, and this is you know this is not because of a um, you know it's not because we have a disparaging for v'shalom of woman, but it's because a woman has a particular role in the home, and the man's level of obligation in other areas is even greater, you know like if a woman wants to to volunteer. Um, you know, extra obligations, you know, that's amazing if it works out for the family. And similarly for the man, if the man wants to have extra obligations in his community, so obviously that's something he has to s- discuss with his wife. But the first step is to look at what does halacha say about a certain area and then, um, and th- and then work your way down from there. So in terms of, of a woman in a leadership role, so again, I would say certainly, um, you, know, what, you know, what I was taught in terms of choosing your battles, but what's the ideal? So anything that puts a woman front and center naturally is compromising of that top value of the woman, which is tznias. And, and so it, that, that's something that absolutely has to be considered. Now, obviously, there are women who are in chenoch, and you know, in, in, certainly in, in the area of Benos Yisrael, so certainly it, it makes much more sense in my mind for a woman to be machaneh of um, young girls and for for women to be involved in women's events, you know wh- whether it's a challabik or whether it's you know even just giving um, giving lectures, if a rebbezin is going to be giving lectures to the women, so that you know that obviously naturally makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Now, is 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 there a place ever for a woman speaking before for, before men? Again, I would say choose your battles, but it, you know like there there's the ideal, and then w- w- there's the area of how rigid should we absolutely be in this area? And that might depend on the community, and that might depend on the culture. And again, a lot of these things, which you know, just develop over time. You know, it's 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 clear that the place that we are at now is not quite where we were generations ago. But there are certain things that we don't throw away. For sure, absolutely. Um, what would you say
0: um, to people who you know who sort of will take concepts in Judaism and? and use those concepts to paint Judaism as sexist, to say, oh, you see those Orthodox Jews, they're so sexist. It's all about the men and the patriarchy and, you know, all of that. What would you say about that? You know, for example, something like the bracha of Shaloh Isha, you know, people immediately, they, they, they take that and it's, it's like, okay, you know, Judaism hates women. What, what do you, what would you respond to that?
3: Okay. So it's, it's an excellent question. and actually reminds me of a, of a great story. Um, my younger brother, Mendy, um, who you know well. Oh yes. Um, he, um, so we, when we when we shared positions as advisors for NCSY, um, he was trying to get attention from the NCSYers, and so he wants to uh, spark a great conversation about just this very topic. And so immediately, you know, he he asked the the, the high schoolers, um, so who here thinks the Torah is sexist? And then then they all he had all of their attention. They were all ready to hear <laughs> what he had to say about it, and they were all very sure that the Torah was sexist. Um, like, and this might be a different conversation um, than a conversation about gender role. This might be a conversation more about having a conversation with people about gender roles. So if the person comes to you saying the Torah is sexist, it could be it's not worth the conversation. Um, but if the person comes to you and they're asking, like, I really am trying to understand um, these precedences in the Torah. I'm trying to understand the, the uh, let's say, the Haredi society, or I'm trying to understand orthodox norms. And how can I look at it and and assume that it's not sexist so if if, if, that, if, there, if there's a person um with intellectual honesty who's looking for the truth about these things, so I think you have to take um each thing step by step so let's say you know I, um, Isha is a good example because that one just sounds like we are saying that there's this um almost this uh, this subjective statement that it's better not to be a woman. Right, and we put this next to not being a goy, and we put this next to not being an eved, right? So in the brachos that we say in the morning, and the, the, the classic answer that's given. Some people think of it as apologetic, but it's really the the shot explanation of those brachos. Is that it has to do with hierarchy in terms of mitzvah obligations. So we prefer to have more mitzvahs in general. And there's something, you know, that's just one of those things that women don't have as many mitzvahs. And, you know, that could be seen as an advantage, that could be seen as a disadvantage. Um, And you could take take it for what you want, you know. um, I, I don't hear any women complaining that they don't get to do bris mila. But, but in, in all seriousness, the truth of the matter is that society has certainly changed. And I'm not saying that the that the text of our brachos should change, but just to understand where, where things came from a long time ago, it, wa- it was, and many will argue today, it is still very hard to be a woman in society. And there is something for men to be thankful for, you know, if you want, if you want to call this male privilege, I'm sure a lot of people today would like that term. <laughs> and to 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 a certain degree, it exists, um, and it certainly it, I think it existed more back then than it does now. That it, you know, it's it's harder, it, you know, you're safer to be a man in society. Um, but but certainly, if you look at it in conjunction with the other brachos. Um, in, in terms of Shaloh Asani Goi, which many people would say is also not politically correct. What's wrong with being an, a non-Jew? And the answer is, if that's how Hashem created you, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But we see a certain advantage, a certain um, bracha that comes with, um, with being a Yid and certainly not being an Eved. And, and it's interesting because, again, a guy has certain um, obligations in this world to, to serve God, and an Eved happens to have more Obligations and a woman, and a woman even more than that. But what well, what it comes down to is. I think that the big question of is the Torah sex. I think this um, um, is, is is a question that's often asked when we look at many mitzvot that men get to do and that women don't get to do, and a lot of it comes back down to this question of just what was the role that Hashem had in mind when he you know when he created women, and so you know very famously m- women are are not obligated in a mitzvah seches and there's a lot of you know hashkafa behind that um the, for, so a uh, mitzvah she's mangrama as um i'm sure most of our listeners will know is a mitzvah that's time bound so i've heard a lot of hashkafa connected to this in that when it comes to a you know a a woman so we've all heard that women are naturally closer to hashem and this is not an apologetic by any means this is absolutely the truth women have a natural um closer and uh, um cl- closer um i guess Spiritual energy to God, their their spirituality um, shines much brighter. And what's what's interesting about it is that the, the, connecting to tznias, connecting to the certain innocence that um, that Yiddishkeit wants of a woman. So that really requires that a woman stay up on her pedestal. That a woman already is on this really high pedestal. Now for a man. You know, the, the biggest, you know, um, obligation for a man is character refinement constantly growing and adding on to you know to to make himself into a better person now obviously this is something that a woman has to do too but right this is something that i think you alluded to earlier yona that there are certain masculine features that you know even um women can relate to and vice versa feminine that that men can relate to so both men and women have to work on character refinements. but for man the real spiritual battle is the climb up whereas for a woman. The spiritual battle is you're already up there. Do not fall. And for this reason, hashkathically, time is really the greatest, um, is the greatest enemy of woman. Because the longer she spends in this world, the more she has that challenge of stay up there, stay up there. Whereas for men, the more time, the better. The more time I have to climb up and climb up, I can constantly get better. Oh, so wow. for a woman, you know, she's ready on that pedestal. So mitzvah Seisha's man grama, we don't preoccupy her with things that are going to take her time. We try to leave her to the other responsibilities that she has to do in terms of setting the setting the tone and being that beacon for you know for man to be the azer konegdo for man to be the one who inspires man. Wow, that's beautiful. I, I actually
0: like, you know, related to the Shaloh Asani Isha. So there's the flip side. There's what women say, which is Shah Sani And I've heard that, you know, described as thanking Hashem for creating me um, according to his will, which, which I've heard something along the lines of you've created me already in a closer state to perfection than you created the man. You've created me already with, as someone who is aligned with your will um, in a way that men are not. Um, and I think that you know I think that ties into uh, to to what you were
3: just saying beautifully. I appreciate it, and, um, and I, I think this is important because um, again, people will, um, people are very sensitive about this issue, and people have to recognize um, the Torah's value. And so just, you know, just from a halachic standpoint, my Rebbe Jonas and Sachs, he, um, he has, he's very prolific, and he um, he has, um, in one of, in a couple of his farm, actually, he quotes the Klei Chemda, who talks about just the difference between fatherhood and motherhood in terms of determining who is a firstborn. And so he says that when it comes to the nachala, right, the, spir- the spiritual inheritance and the physical inheritance, so that follows fatherhood, and it says fatherhood, the firstborn is determined not at the time of birth, but at the time of conception, at the time of yitzira, and that that happens when it, you know when when the man. Um, Literally, you know, he, he gives over to the woman and the woman ha- it conceives. But when it comes to the spiritual identity, the Kedusha of Bechor, so that follows motherhood. So, for example, the mitzvah of, of Pidyon Haben, that follows when the child is born. Motherhood starts at birth, fatherhood starts at conception, motherhood starts at birth. And the idea of Kedusha Sisrael, that comes from the mother. Right. You're, you're determined if you're a Jew, if you're if, if, you, if you're born from the woman, whereas all the other inheritance, all the things, you know, for example, um, many people wonder why it is that when it comes to halacha, Right. What's the halacha, the minhag of the family? Usually it follows the man. So so again, when it so the way that I've heard it put very beautifully, the the rov. Um, would quote the pasuk of Shema Beni Musara Vicha Vial Tito So Musara Vicha that refers to you know the the hard halachic aspects. In fact, I think there's a relationship between the word Musar and Mesora. Mesora follows the father, right? The father has the Rebbe. The father goes to the Rebbe to get his Aitzah. So the father obviously leads the Torah discussion in the house. Then what's Torah Simecha? Torah Simecha represents that finer ambiance, that tone that is set, that tone table, the midos of the family, that, that that tone is set by the mother, right? There are, there were times where um, Avraham and Yitzhak, for example, they were the one, they they, they would pass down the misorah from generation to generation, but often their wives had a bina yaseira, an intuition that they knew better, and Hashem said, actually listen to them. So the point is that it's, you know, it, it's not just a, you know, uh, it's, not, it's not a matter of men versus women in terms of one better than the other. But you need the Avicha and the Tarasi Mecha, you need them both, and there there there's something that each one contributes to that marriage and It would be tragic for us, as Yonah said to you know to to blur the lines between the two in areas where we absolutely need those roles intact, but otherwise again, I would say. Um, Where it is arbitrary, you know, then definitely don't be rigid.
1: So, Rabbi, where can our listeners find you to hear more pearls of wisdom on a weekly basis?
3: So it's very simple on Jewishpodcasts.org and really all the major platforms for listening to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, you could find me on the database um, with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. That's um, the data and then base, as Yona puts so nicely, base is B-E-I-S. And you can reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com if you want to discuss the matter further. Anyway, I, I thank you so much for, for giving me the opportunity to, to share some thoughts on this matter.
0: Rabbi Eisenberg, always a pleasure. This was fascinating. As always, I'm not surprised. But, um, you know, for, for those of our listeners who have never heard you before, I'm sure this will not be the last time they hear you. Thank you so much for joining the Nobody Talk Shadokhin podcast and wishing you a wonderful, wonderful night thank you. Hey, this is Yona from the Nobody Talks Shadokhin podcast. Did you like our new jingle? Well, thank you. I wrote and sang it, but my vision would never have been realized without my talented buddy, Hillel Kapnick At Uptop Recording Studios in Muncie, Hillel takes your musical dreams and transforms them into reality. I can personally attest to his talent and general awesomeness. Hillel is available for song production, musical arrangements, vocal recording, mixing, mastering, and more. He's also a DJ and a one-man band, so no matter what your musical needs are, Hillel is your man. For more information, check out his website at hillelcaps.com. That's H-I-L-L-E-L-K-A-P-S dot com. And follow him on Facebook and Instagram. All right, now let's move over to a very special interview between our very own... Founder and ruler IJ, and a special guest IJ, who do we have the pleasure of hearing from today?
2: Coach Benson, who is here, a life coach, right? Yeah, Shidduch coach, other things. Yeah. You are still in Shidduchim, yes, correct. We got someone who's in the trenches with us here, that's that's how we do it. So, it's important for both parties, as I said before, when they're dating. Uh, to understand, you know, their roles being very unpolitically correct here. You have the men working and the women at home. Obviously, that's not how it is today, (laughs) okay? We have women who are working, have careers. We have men uh, who are home taking care of the kids. And beyond that is a real dynamic integration between both parties to run the household together, run chores together, uh, halacha, all these aspects of building a bias. And what we have now is very different times. While that is old times, it's good to stick to old times as well. This is very important. Do not let the, the modern day uh, get to you. You know, Torah never changed. Cho- Torah values don't change. The Torah never changes. But society does change. And that means that our... Challenges the etsahara, et cetera, et cetera, the, uh, the gullus changes. For now, we have to figure out what else are we being tested on, what else to work on. So whether the man is cooking or the woman is bringing home the kosher bacon, we all want to say 100% it's okay, whatever works. But there is this other side that is thinking, well, maybe it might not be the best
4: thing. First, thank you for having me on. What an intro. You're welcome. Audience. So, I mean, before I answer that question directly, I would just give a big caveat that um, these challenges, these confusions, I think are not as relevant as we may think they would be. Um, And the reason for that is because I think in terms of dating, physical attraction, chemistry, an emotional connection, core values and goals. If that's in place, that's pretty much all you need. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing, so in just in terms of the actual question, I do think that gender roles do matter. I also think that there's a lot of flexibility, and I really, really goes down to let's say, yeah, lots of people have a disagreement about Hashkafa. So what happens is, if you have a loving, healthy, good relationship, people make accommodations. And that's why I was saying before that really, as long as the the core of the relationship is, is solid, a lot of these differences. And I think a man's role should be this. I think a woman's role should be that it kind of melts away a bit into, I respect whatever boundaries you set up for yourself. So you know what you want to have this space for yourself. I respect that
2: women. Are you taking notes? (laughs) Avery, are you taking notes?
4: (laughs) Well, it goes, this thing goes both ways. It's like, get ahead of the kitchen. It could be like that as well. Um, so I, I, that's why I'm just I'm hesitant to like make strong statements about this because to me it, it barely matters as if the core is in place because then you have you can have a discussion about it and then you're able to for come sure, to for sure for sure yeah
2: and, and and we're we're talking about it in this uh this this context you know we're gonna have several therapists on and and uh, coaches and you know for this episode but we're only discussing this in a shidduch perspective while you're dating. That could be an issue. Now, let's say you do have a couple who are seeing each other right now and there is a issue, hashkafa wise hashkaffically speaking, uh, is that something for the man or is that something for the woman? There are women today who want a major say and, and uh, involvement in that. Now, that is an amazing thing, but practically speaking,
4: the man needs to be the man. I believe that... Boundaries are only made once they're violated. So what I mean by that is you don't say like you know, give me my space until someone like steps into your space. So yeah, right,
2: right. I love I love the way you phrase that. And and I'm and I'm saying this from a guy who's learning in yeshiva or he's working now, he's learned, and he has not had this interaction ever with a with a woman, with a girl before. And all of a sudden, the girl's jumping in and trying to, uh, uh, new? What about my halachic opinions? What about my halachic? What about this, this? And the guy's like, whoa, wait wait a second. Whoa, 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 wait a second. This is my area. Like, just, you know, is it better for them to go along with it and then get to it? Or is it better to discuss it and bring everything and get through it now? I,
4: I think this is an important conversation. If the, if the relationship is solid enough, I think I think gender roles is a topic not only for this podcast. If it comes up and they feel boundaries being violated in terms of what they can cons- they consider their role to be, then that's a discussion. Then that you bring it up and you say, you know, what do you consider the role to be? Where where are my zones? And I think this is really what it comes down to: is you know, instead of getting to the semantics and the stereotypes of where where men and women would fall, I would put it in this in these terms: is that you want your home eventually you know you're dating generally to get married um you want your home to be a place where everyone's strengths are being fully optimized and being efficient So forget about men versus women. But if if the guy in the relationship is very strong and powerful, it makes sense that he should be the one to be more of like the physical protector of the home. That makes sense. If the woman is more adept at multitasking and, you know, nuance and emotional connections, if she has that power... That is more than the man In, the, in those areas And it makes sense for, Again to have tasks That correspond to that So to me It's, it's not about getting Like men are this And women are that As I think it, it really depends On each oh, individual wait. Where the strengths lie Yes So so the strength Is really based on um, On the individual So once you locate And identify Each person's strengths it, Don't worry about How society works. If the guy is really Good at cooking I don't see the problem With the guy cooking But then There has to be There has to be something Where there's a balance of, of balance of spheres of dominance, meaning there are specific areas that I see that, that you need to compensate and give, there needs to be some type of balance that the two people in the relationship, if each feel they have areas where they are the go-to for this area. And as long as they each have that, I think there can be some, some crossing over if that is a strength. Having said that, I do think it also matters where it's coming from. If it's coming from a place where, oh, we could all be the same, et cetera, I don't think that's good. Um, I think you should be loyal to your strengths. If the energy is coming from a place of deficit and um, instability and insecurity, first address the insecurities and then we can have the conversation. But if the place, if it's coming from a position of strength and it is a real strength of yours, then I I personally don't see the problem as long as that conversation is had and then there is a balance of, of spheres of dominance within the relationship.
2: I, I, I really like uh, what you said right there, uh, the, those spheres of balance, <laughs> you know, and I think that's a very awakening thought right there. It's, it is literally nothing to do with the gender roles. Okay. It's nothing, oh, he's the man. He does this. There's a woman he does that. She does that. And it's it nothing to do with that. You're building a relationship and you're both coming in with, you know, 50% and 50%. Or as I joke on this podcast many times, 100%, 100%. Or as the single guys uh, expect, you know, uh, 10% and she does 90%. <laughs> but anyway, wait, let's get a laugh there. Okay, no one was laughing. <laughs> but, but that's in a phenomenal point right there. Very eye-opening. But with that said, in a relationship, especially in Shaduchim, you have a general code that you're going by. Okay? And that is that the guy has to feel like he's fulfilling a lot of those male roles and the woman is going to be coming in and bringing in those roles. People have a real issue with taking a step back and letting that party do their thing.
4: Um, so I totally get that. And I do, I do agree that the lines have been blurred. Um, I think purposefully so not by the individual, but um, by certain cultural forces that they're looking to see that on a broad scale, that gender doesn't matter, roles don't matter. And and that's not true. And And, and if that's the place where the person is coming from, then that sh- then uh, honestly then I don't even think that's someone I mean unless you're the same way then then you're then you're meant for each other but if you, but if you're but if you're not if you're not that way I I don't suggest going in that direction because the chances are there are many other aspects that the relationship won't be respected and if that is the case
2: where they're total opposites and I know couples like this right the woman is the, the the girl is out working and the guy is actually home with the kids he's the cooker he's the cleaner. That's fine if that is actually the dynamic of that relationship. Amazing, kudos, we're at peace. But in this case, we're literally examining the fact that singles in shaduchim they can't get past the you know three, four, five, ten, you know six, seven dates. Right? They're having issues getting past those post first stage dates, and people feel like they're getting they're they're imposing on their territory. They're imposing on the terror. Okay, so how's the Shabbos table going to look? Where, well, uh, you know, what 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 Shabbos tablecloth are you looking? All of a sudden, you're questioning as a guy. That's the wrong thing because that's that's her aspect of it. But yet, our goals have to align, our lives have to align. And where is alignment? The, the alignment. Where's the common ground? Where do you where do you kind of cave in on some
4: something? Again, of them? once these once the relationship is secure and solid, and it's healthy, and it's working, and there's chemistry. Everything can be negotiated to a place where we could, you know, I'm good at this, you're good at that. And even if it doesn't fit perfectly into the exact gender st- role st- stereotypes, that's fine. One thing I w- I'd want to just come back to that you mentioned before was when they start like going into the territory, like the, let's say third, fourth date, and she's like, and the girl's like leveling the guy with halacha stuff, like, oh, did you know this and that? So so to me that's less about gender roles so to speak cuz again everything can be negotiated later but there's something just even social appropriateness I mm-hmm. think so I think it's 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 not it's not even like all these things could be worked out and talked about. But and, I have
2: to know the halachas of my husband.
4: <laughs> right. So so that that's not right. So that if it's coming from that place where it's like, I need to know, I need to tell you, I need to make sure, or, or I don't trust you, which is a big thing. I don't trust you to know the halacha, or I don't think you're taking the halacha seriously enough. If it's coming from that place, again, that's stay away.
2: Uh, and I, I would point out two, two aspects with that response that you're getting. The first thing is that, like you just mentioned, trust factor. Now, you do have to trust that person. That's important. And then the second aspect of it is try to like understand that this guy has not been questioned or might not have been questioned like that in the past. He's not ready to open up and discuss all his halachic understanding, what he's machmir with, what he's not machmir with. You as a girl should be looking for a husband, how his mitos are is he kind to you does he will he make a good fun? not a chavrusa now again with that said i will say that there doesn't mean to compromise on your values here not
4: at all but give it a chance because the rest will come through and that's the most important thing i think some confusion here can be rooted in that many people who have let's say did not grow up with with this high level of covered torah um, covered of rabbanim and you know specific, I would say more right wing views that now they're they've embraced them and they I think they've there's a certain rejection of of like the other side or how they were raised or something of, of that sort and now they're in a place where they need to be they need to kind of test him when really this test and this set validation is not necessary and will again can be negotiated at at a more advanced stage of the shidduch process when it is more appropriate. And then again, you focus on the strengths and just be very aware of where it's coming from for you. The ability to engage in, in, in conflict or in the dispute in a healthy way to me is that, that's being a much bigger, better test to give to it's not to like purposefully start a problem. But if you're, if you're noticing that every, everyone's like you say a problem. Oh, I agree. I agree to me, to me that, that would be like, wait a second, you know, See what level of comfort can you have having different opinions about things? Is that a crisis, or is that is it considered to be um, something that can't be tolerated? And I think again, if the, if any of these problems come up and and it can't be talked about in in a even handed. Way where, where one side's not getting super triggered, etc. If those lines of communication aren't open, to me, that's the red flag. Not whether or not he knows halacha, or whether he's going into the kitchen and what's he doing in the kitchen. I don't know. Does mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. a bentayra belong in the kitchen? <laughs> so, or the, you know, does the guy know halacha? He doesn't know enough halacha. So, to me, the red flag is more the inability to engage about it rather than the content itself.
2: Well, not not every single wants to make that commitment, hence why they're single. There I said it, people. (laughs) And you, you have to really figure out, you know, what are actually some situations that it's fair for the girl or the guy to jump up and say, whoa, whoa, I you know, I didn't know this was, uh, you know, this, I, I, th- if I knew this, I don't know if I would have, uh, you know, gone further with you in the relationship.
4: You could choose as many values as you want. And you'd say that make as many things that are, this is a red flag, this is too much for me, etc. But realize when you do that, you're, you're, the chances of you finding someone that's going to meet all that criteria goes drastically lower. It really comes down to what we started with, which is common values, common goals, chemistry, and Physical attraction. If that's there, everything else can be worked out, negotiated, talked out. Mitzvashem. Communication. <laughs> it's sham and so like everything else, you're adding more to that is really, in many ways, diluting the priorities. You know, you can only have so many priorities. It's best to prioritize the character and all these things that we're describing.
2: The goal here is to get married. On, like you said, Coach Benson, do you feel comfortable? Uh, do you feel there's a little chemistry? Do you feel like this person's Midos? You bring out the best in this person's meatos because that's really the best way to put it. Here, everyone, this is the takeaway. This is going to be the clip on the Instagram right here. It's not whether this person has Midos or not. Everyone has meatos. We know the biggest crooks. They got the best mitos. We know we, we know the best the guys are the best meatos. They're very shy. It might not come out. Are the, is that person's Midos amplified when they're around you? Are your meatos amplified when you're around them? That's the difference. That's how you know. This is something I should go into. This is, should be a, re- a serious relationship. We uh, so appreciate you coming on, Coach Benson. Coach Benson, uh, people are interested in inquiring further, uh, where can they reach out to you?
4: Absolutely. So you could find me at coachbensonfox.com. Please go there. I have a group with 450 Jewish men. So it's called Jewish Men for Joy, Balance, and Growth. So that we have it on Facebook. But Oh, cool. I think I heard of that. Yeah. And you can always email me at results at CoachBensonFox.com. Awesome. Excellent.
0: That was awesome and excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks, Coach Benson, and thank you, IJ, for an awesome interview. Um, yeah, guys, stick around for part two, which is going to be coming out soon. It's going to be exciting. This is going to be the female take on this very same issue. Uh, IJ, why don't you end us off here?
2: Well, thank you for joining us for another controversial, amazing spectacular episode. As I usually end off, happy face, smiley face, silly face, this is the Nobody Talks Shidduchim Podcast.
0: Nobody talks, nobody talks.